You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show. You're listening to Reality Check Radio here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh. My next guest is a long, long, long time friend, a fellow business coach. She's a speaker coach, a business consultant, and a leadership coach. I'm going to be talking to Kath Vincent on the topic of public speaking as a leadership skill. Welcome to the show, Kath. Hi, Nat. I'm so thrilled to talk to you because number one, I love the concept of, I love public speaking and I love empowering people with public speaking. So I'm so pumped to talk to you today. Awesome. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey, but before we do, for those of you that don't know Kath Vincent, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So Kath has been a business consultant in the UK. You can hear from her accent, Australia and New Zealand for over 20 years while herself being a successful business owner and entrepreneur. She has worked on multi-million dollar infrastructure projects, launched businesses in three countries and won a UK Department of Trade and Industry Award for her own startup software company. Her multi-sector experience includes advertising, IT, government, infrastructure, food, and manufacturing. Her passion has always been for achieving tangible results with small and medium enterprises. Kath, I'm so thrilled to have you today. And I love every time I interview a friend, I always learn new stuff about them that I never knew. <laughs> we're all very dark horses. We all have all these huge amount of things that we're up to all the time. Well, speaking of what you're up to, I thought we'd kick it off um, giving our listeners a little bit of a more of an idea about you, but specifically, um, how have the last three years here in New Zealand been for you? Mm, well, the last three years have been great. The three before that were really traumatic because my husband and I took on a huge renovation. Um, if you've ever done a reno and tried to fund it, live in it, all that, all at the same time, it's incredibly stressful. But we bought a 1950s warehouse in Auckland CBD and it was actually a contaminated methamphetamine lab at the time. Was it a, was it a sweet deal when you bought it were you like this is a good price oh, do you know what it, it was but still it was a massive stretch for us you know right. we're at the auction going oh we really want this property how can we cling on and you know spend an extra thousand dollars and an extra thousand dollars? and it just ran and ran the auction just ran and ran it was the most stressful experience of my entire life <laughs> so I don't recommend that for your sanity but um yeah once the renovation was done and we've created this amazing studio right in the center of Auckland and we live there and work there and run cool stuff um just living with that has been amazing for the last three years or four or five years it's um yeah it's been great amazing and um that's great. And I know your husband is a musician, so it's that must be a fun little combination having um, music in the house all the time. It totally is. And I'm not really musical, but, you know, if I'm doing kind of consultancy things, you know, the kind of things where you're using your mind a lot and I fancy a break, I just go downstairs into the studio, you know, bang the drums for a bit or something. <laughs> it's, it's very cool. And there's there's usually beer going on there as well. So it's all great. Amazing. Well, hey, we'll definitely we'll play one of uh, Jesse Wilde's songs um, at some point in the show today. So that'll be cool. Cool. Let's talk about public speaking, something that so many people are nervous about, or at least we're, we're told so many people are nervous about. Maybe they're not. Um, but why is it that people are so wary of public speaking? Oh, it's, do you know, it's a learned behavior. 
it's actually cultural. It's, you know, we're used to the idea that, you know, we don't really want any tall poppies, you know, that whole tall poppy syndrome. So we're used to the idea that we should be shy and retiring to fit in with our peers. And so if you think about it, when you're a kid, you know, when you were born and crawling and walking and talking, you were dying to speak, you know, you, nobody said about that kid, oh, you know, I don't think we've got a talker. You know, I think they'll probably never handle it. You know, we we grow and we we learn to crawl even though we fall down and we learn to speak even though it, it's difficult at the beginning. And then through schooling and fitting in with our peers and being appropriate, we start to suppress our self-expression in little ways. And then and then that's that's what we grow up with and go into the workforce with. And so we perceive it as normal you know it's normal to be afraid of public speaking and then we all buy into it and we reiterate that pattern for everyone so interesting the concept of being appropriate right? <laughs> yeah. and um and and then suppressing our self-expression and i think you're right i think we do it in 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 clothing and fashion i was out yeah. at a um <laughs> i was out at a, a cycling race with my daughter the other day with and you know, let's just say I don't dress the same as all the moms, you know, like yeah. I'm a little bit more colorful, a little bit more funky. And she's like, mom, I'm really loving. She says it sarcastically. I'm loving your kind of leopard print camouflage combo that you've got going on with, especially with those socks. And I'm like, honey, you know, I'm never going to water myself down to be approved of. <laughs> I love that. That's, you know, you've just phrased that so beautifully. There's a sense of like watering ourselves down, you know, and that's not okay. It's so not okay. Yeah. So I think, and people do that in terms of that, that's a visual thing with the clothing, but verbally, um, and let's, you know, of course, in the last three years, that's been more than ever, but just generally for people, when they think of public speaking, I think most people automatically go back to when they were in school and they had to do a speech with the cue cards and their palms are sweaty and the pencil ink, you know, it's all like smudging. I mean, is that where it comes from? Having your peers stare at you while your knees shake? Yeah. And, you know, people say things unwittingly that reinforce the pattern. So I remember years ago, like early on in my corporate career, being sent on a corporate public speaking training program and being there with my peers. And we had to give a presentation for five minutes on a hobby. So not difficult, nothing too taxing, something that you were familiar with. So we each got up. We're all kind of dying to get it over with, you know. And at the end, the trainer said, so out of everyone who was nervous? Every single person, yeah, their hand shot up. And you're like, oh, gosh, every person. And the trainer said, well, you see, it's normal. And I was like left with, it's completely fine to be nervous. And that's how it is. And that's how it's going to be. And that stayed with me for the next 20 years. Like, that's appalling, isn't it? It yes. is. So how did you transition then from that, the state of like a nervous person, nervous when speaking to a crowd, to someone that actually, I imagine you do now, feels not only comfortable, but like thrives in that environment? Yeah, you know, I did a lot of training. I did a lot of personal development training, which is kind of tapping into the self-expression part. And if you're willing to take yourself on in terms of personal growth, you've got a much better chance of resolving any fear that's in your way. And as part of a suite of programs, I went on a on a public speaking training course and it just kind of changed my perspective. I realized you know what, no one benefits from you kind of memorizing a speech and clinging to it to try and 
get it out in one piece. Um, but actually, with a lot less planning and a lot less control and a bit more freedom, you could actually be a lot better. You know, if you were just like you were when you chatted to your mate in, in the in the coffee bar, you know, we don't kind of have this stranglehold on our expression when we meet up with our friends, you know. Like if you and I sit down and have a coffee, I don't go, oh, goodness, I hope I'm going to remember what I what I wanted to say to her. <laughs> you know, it'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It would be. And I mean, so do you feel like that's a good starting point? So if someone's listening and they're thinking, yeah, you know, I'm however old, 20, whatever, 40, whatever, and I'm still nervous to speak. And maybe you're not speaking to an audience like Kath and I do at live events. Maybe it's just that you have to report at the board meeting once a year and your heart is pounding and you don't sleep, you know, what are some practical tips that you can share with our listeners today around like how to, you know, speak with more confidence or like be calmer when you speak? What are some practical things they can do? Well, I think the first thing is to decide that you're going to take it on. So the reason most people suffer with it is they give a presentation once because they had to at work, they were called upon to do it, they hated it, and then they stopped. And that's their entire experience. So 100% of the times they have spoken, i.e. once, (laughs) was terrible, right? So that's an absolute experience that is very hard to argue with. So if you want to conquer this, you have to decide you're in. Not, I did one or maybe I'll do one more, you know, in my life and never anymore. You've got to say, right, I'm definitely doing this. And you have to create some little, ideally low risk opportunities for you to to try it out, to have the training wheels on. And so put a date in your diary if you can. Now, for a lot of people, there are opportunities for them to try this. They just haven't embraced them. So they could put their hand up to lead that team meeting that normally Bob leads, right? Mm-hmm. It could just as well be you. Hey, Bob, I can help you out. Why don't I take on one? Um, often at work, people have all kinds of opportunities. And it might be just a two-minute message to the team. It doesn't have to be a big presentation, but take those on. So you have some kind of framework for delivery, you know, it's not just some skill that you're learning for no purpose. Yeah. Like if you were booked in at a presentation and you knew you were going to have to do it in three months from now, you would be right. I'm on a program. I'm, I'm training, training, training. So you have to make it something you want to show up for. I think you're right. I think a lot of people have an experience, probably not so positive, and then they slap a label on their chest that says, I hate public speaking or I'm not a good speaker. And they cling to that for the rest of their lives. But I think it's like, yeah, you only tried it once. Like what other thing? I mean, I went roller, no, 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 ice skating with my kids in the school holidays. And to be fair, I thought I was going to be better because I'm Canadian and I used to skate, but I wasn't (laughs) as good as I remembered. But the point is, if I only skated once, And then I never skated again. I'd be like, yeah, I'm a not really good ice skater, but it's like, you only did it once. What do you expect? So I think you're right. Okay. So people are deciding that they're in and creating little low risk opportunities to practice the craft. Okay. Yes. What else? And then I think the other thing is that people often over plan and under practice. 
So I remember creating presentations years ago and like staying up all night. Have you ever done that? Where you're like, oh my God, you know, stay up and you craft all these words and you relentlessly go over it. You know, oh, maybe I should say this. Oh no, maybe I should say that. And you spend a lot of time trying to find the right words when the truth is that on the day, you're going to use the words that come into your head. You're not going to remember like 5,000 words that you wrote down. Um, And the place to put your effort is not in trying to craft the perfect presentation that you've got no chance of faithfully repeating, but in practicing your delivery. And your delivery is made up of your tone of voice, your behavior, your physiology, anything, any body language, um, and also the words that you use. And that's a cocktail of aspects for influence. And they they vary, but the perceived wisdom is that the actual words that you spend all night writing really have a very small percentage of the overall impact. And much more is to be gained by practicing your tone of voice. You know, you have a lot of reach by how you vary your tone of voice um, and your body language. So you want to develop confident body language as well. And these are things that people can develop over time and also learn, I believe, from watching other people and seeing, I call them speaker habits. You know, you can watch someone in a video and um, you can see the the certain habits that people have and some of them are helpful to the the viewer and some of them are distracting. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's, yeah. So practicing being aware of those three areas and how important is like the words are important, but not so much memorizing, but being authentic, but the message, you know, so it's like, what, yeah. What is the point of your talk? Like, what is the takeaway message? How critical is that? Well, it's super important that there is something in there that matters. Now, often individual words on their own don't convey a lot of meaning. It's when they're sewn together that there is a meaning that another human being can perceive and understand and make sense of. And so when you're creating your presentation, go, why does this matter? So very often people cram in way too many details. And a reality test for that is to say to yourself, so what? Like imagine a person is hearing it and they're literally going, so what? You know, because sometimes people get into a bit of a narration about, well, then I did this and then I did that and then this happened and then that happened, la, da, 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 da. Just stop yourself and go, so what? And the answer is, well, actually, that's not the important bit. The important bit is that you triumphed over adversity. And so you want to kind of tease out the nuggets of the stuff that means something to another human being. Like, I don't really care if you had breakfast or didn't have breakfast, but I do care about how you felt about it. You know, so to compare the two, um, I had breakfast, I made some toast, then I cooked some eggs and then the egg broke. You know, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) But if you were conveying that you're trying to go get that job that you always wanted and then breakfast turns into a disaster, then we care about it because it's the human connection and the emotion. I love it. And the story, storytelling is so important in, in terms of speaking. Hey, so to give people the, um, you know, the faith that they can do it too. I know you have a group called, she says, so a, a 
net, not a networking group, a, a public speaking group. Can you give us some example, like an example of someone that's been in that group that's gone from kind of being quite shaky with their speaking to kind of a bit of a, ch- a change or a transformation to become confident and um, effective? Totally. And you know what? When I look at all the people in that group, there's no two women alike. And I think that that is a really important point. So we're all kind of at some level conditioned to try and fit in. And there is no fitting in because you're a club of one. There is only you that is that shape, that uniqueness that has your fingerprints. And so as I kind of, when you say think of an example, my God, goodness, they're all so different. Um, I remember a woman who... um, She was an incredible speaker, but she didn't think she was because English wasn't her first language. Mm. So she is South American. And so, you know, her her English was heavily accented, but she was so engaging and dramatic. And she literally hired a, a coach who told her that she pronounced all the words wrong. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this woman has so much self-expression. She is so inspiring. And somebody was interfering with her language patterns, saying, oh, you're not pronouncing the words right. I mean, that's terrible. And she was losing kind of hope and interest in speaking. So that is a great successful story. And for me, the success stories are always about a person becoming more than they already are like more of themselves Mm. it's not trying to be different or even better it's just turning up the volume on who you already are so the opposite of watering yourself down completely it's it's kind of like neat ribena do you remember ribena do you get that here yeah right so it's really concentrated (laughs) it's like that you know you want all the good stuff really concentrated I think part of the key is, like you said, for people to practice. So practicing in whatever you want to call it, like a friendly environment. Um, so some of some people might have heard me talk about this, but um, over the school holidays, my sister came from America and my other sister lives here. And anyway, my dad had asked us for his 80th to all present a very small sh- slideshow on our achievements over the last year. <laughs> so all so there's 10 grandchildren um, from age 12, that's mine, all the way up to age, I think, 22. Um, and then, of course, you know, the sons-in-laws and my sisters, we all did a little presentation. So for some people, that would have been super daunting, like very yeah. intimidating. Um, so I guess it's like, how can people create Either something going to something like you've got this, this she says so group where they actually practice in front of a safe, friendly environment that will possibly give you feedback. Um, you is, is that part of the key is either seeking out or creating your own opportunities for real, actual people to be in your audience, even if it's only three people sitting there listening to you? Yeah, so there's two separate things here. One is you can practice without an audience, you can practice at home, and Consider, for example, tone. Just think about sentences that you say and think, how could I have said that differently? Like this is a really simple, simple exercise. Um, So, you know, even just the word hello can be said so many different ways. You know, you see someone you haven't seen for ages, you know, full of kind of, might be a bit high pitched and full of excitement or the way that teenagers say hello which means you're stupid, right? They go, hello, right? right? (laughs) Now, just by thinking about the tone, there's so much meaning in that, you know? Um, So 
just practice at home with things that you say you know actually one, one day this is this is awful um I was kind of annoyed with my husband and I heard my daughter in the next room and I went oh hey honey because <laughs> I thought it was her it wasn't her it was him and I went <laughs> oh <laughs> that oh. wasn't real <laughs> And I just noticed the massive shift in tonality there. So, you know, in your everyday speaking around the house to your mates, to your family, you can have a think about and play with your tonality. So very, very easy way to to practice. And then the other part of it. So that's practicing at home. But the other part is about this idea of having a framework in which you can practice and it's worthwhile so we said set a date that's Mm -hmm. one thing yeah which is a kind of accountability that's that's what that is you put the date in and it's like okay gotta do it now um and the next thing is repetition like the repetition of practice so you need to either commit yourself to repeat all that at home or you need to go to a place where you're going to keep doing it. Um, and that's the benefit of a regular group. You know, mm. you just show up and you just keep doing it. Um, and a big part of that is an opportunity to desensitize your experience. So if you keep doing something, it becomes kind of ordinary. We just get, oh, yeah. You know, um, if just think about anything that you were once really even excited about, you get a brand new car, you're like, oh, this is so amazing. That's not my thing, actually, but that's how people are. And then within three months, they're like, oh, you just take it for granted. Yeah. Um, and you want to just take it for granted that you're good at speaking. That's just how you are. It's just, yeah. I don't even think about it anymore. That's where you want to get to. And you do need the repetition to make that happen. So it's, yeah, it's that acclimatization. So now your heart doesn't pound quite as much or at all. Um, yeah. And that that's, I think that's amazing. That's yeah. so helpful. What I'm also thinking about with this topic, public speaking as a leadership skill, yeah. I imagine that there'll be people out there that actually want to actively upskill in this area in terms of job prospects. Yes, totally. Because if you can go into an interview and not just do well in an interview, that's, you know, that's a skill in itself, but, but to be able to say, yeah, I'm, you know, they might say, Hey, are you, how are you with giving presentations? Cause in this role, you'll be expected to blah, blah, blah. And to be able to confidently and genuinely say, yes, I am very comfortable with doing presentations and public speaking. I think that's a great asset on someone's CV. Yeah, totally. So whether you're um, seeking a job for the first time, you're trying to get promoted in your job, or you want to start your own enterprise, mm-hmm. um, and or you manage heaps of other people, I, I honestly think it is the most underutilized leadership skill. And really, it's about self-leadership. You can't be a great leader for other people unless you've really gotten to grips with who you are, And you can manage that. And when I say manage that, you know, we can all be great or awful. You know, some days I'm amazing and some days I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like doing the things that a really successful person would do. And so you want to become a person who can take yourself on in all circumstances. So I really feel that the journey into who you are as a speaker is an amazing journey of personal discovery. And the impacts are far reaching, far more than, oh, good, I gave a good presentation. You know, I've noticed so much in my women speakers group that 
people go on to do other things that they didn't expect. Mm. You know, we we had a woman in one day and she she looked a bit different. She came, she'd been coming for a few weeks and she came in and I thought, wow, she looks completely radiant. What is going on with her? Couldn't take my eyes off her the whole meeting. And the second it was over, I made a beeline for her. And I'm like, <laughs> ooh, spill the beans. Come on, honey, what's going on? And I, I actually thought she was going to tell me, oh, you know, I've fallen in love or I've, you know, got engaged. I, I felt it was something like that. <laughs> and she was like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I've tied my hair back. Is it that? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. And then she says, oh, well, actually, I... Uh, I decided to start my own business and I've wanted to do it for like 10 years. And she just, she looked like a completely different person. And so when you really own who you are and the things that you care about and you don't shy away from that and you don't dilute that, Mm -hmm. you really are the most vibrant version of yourself. And it's the law of attraction for all the things that you want. I never thought about it like that as a catalyst for other things in your life. I mean, it makes sense. The, the confidence that you gain from knowing that you can speak if asked or invited, um, it give, giving you confidence to do other things. That's that's an awesome story. Super cool. Hey, for those of you listening, I'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, for yourself, how do you feel about public speaking generally? And even more importantly, do you feel like you're ready to embrace some of these tips or strategies that Kath has mentioned? We would love to hear from you. You can send us a text, 2057. Or if you're more into email, inbox at realitycheck.radio. Let us know your thoughts for yourself around public speaking and um, what you've learned today. We would love to hear. Hey, Kath, before we go into the four questions that I ask all my guests, um, do you have another practical tip or another story that you want to share? Well, I think a really important thing, if you've got a presentation in mind and you want a tip for that, your first moments are the most important. And so um, what you really want to do is to kind of get your head straight and stop unconscious, unwanted thoughts from just bubbling up and derailing you. And so you're going to be thinking something unconsciously anyway. You might as well take control of that and plant a conscious thought in there that's that's positive and will serve you. And so I have a little model that I talk people through that explains how we go through this thought process thousands of times a day where we have a thought, the thought causes us to feel an emotion. Emotion actually is what causes us to take action. If ever you're wondering, oh, why did I eat that cake? Well, it's emotion that causes us to take actions, good or bad. And of course, as we know, actions give us the results. And it quite neatly spells T-E-A-R, tear or tear, so you'll be able to remember it. So we go through that thousands of times a day anyway. And left unchecked, our starting thought about speaking is often something like, oh, no, my boss is in the front row. Oh, I'm awful at this. Oh, I always feel this terrible or something like that. And what happens is that starts this chain reaction where because you've acknowledged, oh, I always feel anxious, you then generate the feeling of anxiety as an emotion in your body. And then, you, you know, you act like an anxious person and you get the results of an anxious person. And so you just want to come up with a starting thought, which is true and empowering. So we don't want to create 
you know, a lie. Oh, I'm always so confident at this, if that's not how you feel yet. But you might at least acknowledge this is 10 minutes of my life, you know, and that might give you an emotion of relief. And from that place, you would be able to speak more confidently. So however you choose to do it, master those first moments. Take take um, your stand when you get up to the stage or in front of people or wherever you're standing. Just take a moment to kind of plant yourself like a bit a bit of an oak tree and take a breath before you start. So those opening moments, I think, are really important. That is a great tip around, um, yeah, you're getting your mindset right. And then physically in your body, grounding yourself, um, because not always, we're not always standing when we present, but quite often we are. And I've seen a lot of people stand there and they put their feet like they, I've done this before myself, <laughs> crossing my legs. And then you look really unstable and you actually feel quite unstable. So don't do that. <laughs> Ground you yourself. Look, <laughs> you your look feet. like you need to go to the toilet. That's, I know, that's, the not, that's not a good look. That's not what we're after. But, but you know, it's an interesting point about sitting down presenting. So mm. two things about that. One is most people aren't as nervous when they're sitting down. And the reason for that is that when we stand and we're one end and the other people are in front of us, we're, we're very exposed physically. Like our soft underbelly mm. is exposed to the rest of the tribe. And, you know, genetically, we are programmed to try and fit into a tribe so we don't get killed by a saber-toothed tiger and die. So there's a very real reason that it feels harder for people often when they stand. So that's an important thing to acknowledge. The second thing I really want to say about sitting down is if you want to have influence, your body language and physiology has a massive impact. And so like more than more than half than the, of the potential impact, around 55 percent. So what you want to do is stand where possible. Mm-hmm. And if you're speaking at a conference or, you know, in a venue or something like that, do not stand behind the lectern yes you cut off all that impact you can have with your body and some people would want to you know if you do speak they will often say to you oh do you want to use the lectern and I'm always like no 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 because I like to (laughs) I like to move around the place um but for some people wouldn't they feel a source of kind of stability and protection having the lectern there they would and if you are not well practiced you might choose to take that very safe option but if you have been practicing as we recommend you do, you will be more comfortable in your skin and then better able to influence by being out front. Um, You also do have the opportunity to ideally look at the venue in advance Mm -hmm. and see, hey, how do I want to fit into my environment so that I feel really comfortable? You know, you might need a little table for a prop or you might at least want to familiarize yourself with okay where is the screen and how do I fit in I don't want to be walking across the projector and and bits and pieces like that so um knowing the venue if it's a bigger uh speech or presentation is a very worthwhile exercise to calm your nerves too yeah, agreed. And that's that's so true that you mentioned there's so many little pieces of the puzzle to speaking that if people want to be uber prepared, um, then yeah, getting someone to help them like you or just going through all those questions like what color is the backdrop? You know, is it a headset, et cetera, yeah. is really, really super important. You know, I spoke at this event um, a couple of months ago. And it was just a small group, like maybe 12 women. And so I thought, oh, you, you know, 
I normally stand, but it just would feel, it just was, it felt weird to be standing yeah. when there's and there, everyone's sitting. It's kind of like a coffee group situation. So I started off sitting, like trying to be more casual, but I'm such, I'm such an animated speaker <laughs> that I just, and I like to, when I give examples, I like to kind of act things out. So I just multiple times during the the talk, I get up and stand up and do a little demo and I use my body a lot. And, um, but then I'd sit back down. So that, that felt, that felt good to me. It was good to try it out. I think it's good to try out different things. Yeah. In a, in see, a that, friendly that, environment. <laughs> that is self-expression, just dying to get out. That's what that is. You're like, yeah. damn, I can't sit on my hands. You know, I need to be up there. I can't speak without using my hands, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's your ex- self-expression bubbling up going, oh yes, let, let me out. All right. So there's a little challenge to our listeners. If you feel like you want to improve your skills in, in the speaking department, um, because there's so many benefits, as we highlighted, you can get in touch with Kath, which I'm going to ask her about in a minute. Um, or you can try some of the tips that she mentioned, um, practicing to a friendly environment and standing versus hiding behind the lecture, lectern. Um, okay, Kath, up your brave. What is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly upped your brave? Oh, well, this is kind of a secret. (laughs) Come on, you can tell 120,000 people, (laughs) 300,000 people. Well, you know what? Years ago, I ran a half marathon, like a long time ago, a really long time ago. I didn't know how long. I was just like, oh, that's a million years ago. And I really thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I could run a half marathon fitter in my 50s than in my 30s? And I started training on my own and it was really bad because I had this thing, oh, you used to be so much better than this. Oh, you know, how can you be so slow? Like it was a lot of negative self-talk, exactly what we're talking about with public speaking, Mm -hmm. the same sort of dialogue in my head. And so I joined a little coaching program and it was so good. And it really broke it down into tiny actions you can do. So everything that we know about public speaking, but in a run program. And it was amazing. And I have actually improved by more than a minute per kilometer in since blah, blah, blah. How many months is that? Six, seven, in seven months. Nice. Um, and you know what? I've been through the entire emotional roller coaster with it. I felt like, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I'm too scared. Oh, I'm too old. Oh, I'm too lazy. Oh, I'm, you know, a bunch of stuff um, that we all experience in one way or another when we confront something we really want to do. And it has been amazing. And I'm not done yet. Like, I've still got miles to go, but that's pretty exciting to me. Is there a race date? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to get so that I can do uh, 10K in under an hour. And when I clinch that, I would like to do the half marathon fitter in my 50s, which would be probably November next year. Nice. So, yeah. But it's, you know, it's bite-sized pieces. Yeah. That's how you do it. You know, when I first started, I was like, right, I want to nail this big, hairy, audacious goal. And I, I would have no chance. It was too big. You have to go, right, okay, how can I improve from where I am today? Not who I was. And, I, mm. you know, I got the T-shirt out, the half marathon T-shirt, the one that I did run. Um, and it is literally next year, it will be 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you judge yourself really harshly that you thought you would be running the same at 55 as 30 for life. <laughs> and we all do it, don't we? We all can judge ourselves really harshly. So um, a bit more compassion, I think, 
for all of us in all our endeavors would be great. Compassion, bite-sized pieces, and the other key that you mentioned, getting around other people with a similar goal, which is exactly like the whole thing with your club, your She Says So membership. Um, So I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. So, But before we do, bucket list. What is one thing on your bucket list, which is something you'd love to do, be, or experience that we can possibly help you with? Oh, goodness, that you can help me with. Gosh, I, well, I want to go to Mexico and be completely fluent in Spanish. <laughs> um, so I'm going to Mexico, but I'm working on the other bit. Um, but what is something on my bucket list that you can help me with? Crikey. I, I want everyone on the planet to be self-expressed when they speak. Like, I don't even know how to articulate that, you know, more fully, but it just needs to happen. We can't keep perpetuating this thing that it's natural to be nervous when you speak. It's not, it's a prison. And let's bust that wide open. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, we put a challenge out there to anyone that wants to up their brave and, um, you know, bust the myth that it's natural to be nervous when you speak. Um, challenge yourself and let us know how you go. What is coming up for you, Kath, in the next six months or so? And how can we connect with you if somebody wants to join your club? Or I know you do a lot of work also with like businesses and staff and you go and motivate them about leadership. So can you talk about that as well? Yeah. So there's three sort of strings to my bow, really. So passion, passion project is she says so my women's speakers group. And that's on Wednesdays fortnightly. And it's it's great because it's just six to seven thirty. So it's an hour and a half. It's not like oh, I have to give up an evening. It's just the interlude between your work and your home. And you can just get the job done and have a really good time. Like we just have a laugh and eventually people associate speaking with having a laugh. Mm. Like, And that's how self-expression should be. Right. I had coffee with my mate. I had a laugh. I did some public speaking. I had a laugh. You know, they're the same. Um, so that's one thing. Is that's in Auckland. Yes, that's Auckland. in Auckland. Yes, sorry. Um, that's at the studio, Studio Thirty Eight, uh, our former P Lab, which is very <laughs> shiny and gorgeous now, and beautiful polished concrete floors, and it's it's just a really cool creative space. And I'm constantly in awe that that we pulled it off. You know, I'm just really kind of humbled by that. Um, so that's she says so. Then um, I do a lot of work with SMEs uh, as a business consultant. And again, through accountability, week by week by week, I work with them for a couple of hours every week, moving their businesses on. And our commitment is to stop their profit leakage. So small businesses leak a lot of profit in very predictable places. It's not hard to find. They just don't know where to look. And so that's really exciting. And I love to do that because when you influence a small business owner, you know, you improve the quality of their personal lives with their families and their employees and their employees' children. And there's a ripple effect that goes out among a lot of people. So very fulfilling work. And then the other thing is I'm obsessed with leadership, which starts, of course, with self-leadership. Um, and I get called upon to do that with corporates and, you know, do days on leadership stuff um and public speaking comes into that as well so those are my hats and how can we find you uh kathvincent.com that's c-a-t-h vincent like the boy's name dot com 
You can tell you can tell I have to spell it a lot, right? People always say Simpson like the boy's name. Did you say Simpson? I go, no. What is wrong with my pommy accent? No. <laughs> Kathvincent.com. So great. Kath, I love your energy, of course. I love your vibe. And I know that um you help people stop like profit leaking. I mean, that's what every business struggles with is that they're just like leaving money on the table or let it letting it leak away. So awesome work that you do. Um, so for those listening, if it's you or if someone you know needs help in that area, you can contact kathvincent.com. Um, also, are you on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. Okay. And they can message you there as well. Super. Super duper. Amazing. Okay. So before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want to say to us about public speaking or public speaking as a leadership skill? Um, that everyone, anyone and everyone can and will be great at public speaking. It's not, oh, I'm a bit of an extrovert, a bit of an introvert, rather. I'm not that kind of person. There isn't one kind of person, you know, it, there's just you. And you're amazing as you are. Let's crank up the volume on all the things about you that are great. So good. Thank you so much, Kat. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Nat. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.